Hey babes, Ashley here. I have a kind heart, a potty mouth. It's probably the rap music. And damn it, I miss my friends. But if I can't snuggle them in person, thanks COVID. I thought, why not build community here? So grab a drink, climb in bed, and let's hang out. Wait, is that weird? I'm on a mission to live my life unapologetically, which tends to look a little different every day. But one thing remains the same. It's a guilt-free zone. No shame here, sister. Each episode, we'll tackle real-life shenanigans, and you'll leave laughing, crying, or feeling as lit up as your crazy aunt at Christmas. Ready or not, girl talk. Hey, hey! Welcome back to Guilt-Free Girl Talk. It's your girl, Ashley. Um, I am yoked on caffeine right now, so <laughs> deal with it. Okay, I won't sing the whole time. But truly, that is how I walk around my house, and now Lexi walks around singing about random things as well. The joys of being my daughter. Um, anyways, I dropped Lexi off for her last day of church camp today. Y'all, the slide. I'm going to put it in my Instagram stories because they said it was the biggest water slide ever, but I was not prepared for how ginormous this thing was. I'm really interested to see if Lexi will actually slide down it, but huge. It's huge. I hope she does. I hope she's brave and has the best time, but if not, that's okay too because I would probably be scared it's really tall and I don't like heights. Anyways, dropped her off and then went to a local coffee shop here and got the local, which I tried for the first time when I came to buy, like to do house shopping. It's so darn good. My real estate agent told me about it and I tried it. So I go in there and I for an extra shot and she was like oh okay well we only do two shots at a time so is it cool if I give you two shots and I'm like what's a quad shot sure throw it in there I'm getting jacked up for a podcast anyways and she was like oh my god you have a podcast she was seriously the sweetest so if you're listening my little barista friend from book club thank you for being the sweetest you made my whole day you like reignited my flame to record this morning and the quad shot is going down smoothly you girls feeling it so um welcome to the girl gang um I actually wanted to talk about something I had a really hard week last week which I was super proud of myself because I recorded anyways um and I wanted to talk about it because I don't know that it's really talked about enough and I think sometimes um well, I can't speak for other people, but I know I personally have spent a lot of my life making excuses for how I feel. Um, so for instance, all of my infertility (laughs) is caused by my appendix, um, bursting when I was, um, a freshman in college. And had I just like taken care of myself (laughs) at that time and not tried to push through, um, that wouldn't have happened. So you're young and you know, like I also had a doctor that was like, it's fine. It's probably just a cyst. So I'm not taking full responsibility for that, but that just kind of was like the beginning of, and I think we all probably do this. I again, shouldn't speak for all of us, but, um, of like making excuses for how I feel. So Then I started my fertility journey and my hormones were just like on and off medicine and in and out of like spikes and valleys um, for years, right? So we started trying to have a baby when I was 22 and I did not have Lexi until three months before my 28th birthday. So 
six years. And then, you know, it's not like your hormones just like go back to normal after you have a baby. It takes forever. Like, are they ever normal again? I don't know. Not trying to scare you if you don't have kids, just trying to keep you woke. (laughs) It's just, it's a wild ride. So after I had Lexi, I realized that, so first of all, I had, um, postpartum depression and I didn't I definitely had postpartum anxiety um and uh, again making excuses I was like well I'm just like coming off of uh, like six years of fertility and then a really traumatic pregnancy and then a c-section and now I have this new baby and then my husband deployed like it was just a lot and so I kept thinking like it probably isn't my hormones it probably is just like situational you know like it'll all buff out well I told myself that for like over a year and then even after I started to get healthier I kept like saying like it'll just buff out like I don't even know what normal is anymore and at that point the reason that I was hesitant to do anything is because I knew that we were going to um, do another transfer eventually with our final two embryos from that retrieval and I just after six years of battling infertility I was terrified to put anything in my body that could alter that so like even though I had walked through a lot of depression I and anxiety, I was not willing to get on medicine for that. And even though I was like struggling with my cycles and just really miserable, I was not willing to get on medicine for that. Um, so when I started tracking my like weight and my food intake and just like getting healthier, that also kind of translated into me tracking my cycle. Um, friends, track your cycle please for the love of god if you are having a menstrual cycle track it keep track of it and i don't necessarily only mean like know when you're gonna start your period because i used to think that's what tracking was like oh i'll start like in this three-day window or whatever no i mean like pay attention like set a goal for like three months to truly pay attention to your body every single day of the month just like check in with yourself maybe in the morning or before bed or whatever and like notice how your eating habits change around your cycle and notice how your body feels and pay attention to your mental health around your cycle and like I can tell you exactly when I'm ovulating because my body changes um and I can tell you I learned um that I got extremely depressed before my cycle and um, I didn't like have a name for it for a while and this didn't happen before I had Lexi I don't think but again my history with my like body was pretty tragic I just didn't take good care of my body um, didn't pay attention to it I you know I was in college and I drank a ton and like partied a lot and I just I wasn't paying any attention to my cycle and when I felt good and when I didn't feel good and honestly I was typically some form of hungover or starting to drink again when I was in college so um I'm not sure that it only happened after I had Lexi but pretty sure (laughs) um that it got worse after I had Lexi so after I had Lexi and I started getting healthier and I started paying attention to my cycle I realized that seven to ten days before my period started I was getting incredibly depressed and I've always had a pretty anxious personality so that was something that I could like sort of manage but the depression 
with a baby and a husband that was in the military and not home often was crippling. And I was having like, you know, half the month, it was like hard to get out of bed. And I couldn't function throughout the day, even when I did get out of bed. And like the smallest tasks were just monumental and difficult. And I couldn't function well. And I started like putting together that this was happening every month, like seven to 10-ish days before my cycle. I could start it, feel it start coming on. And um, then I would get really bad anxiety because I knew what was coming. Um, I will say that once I realized it was cycle related, it did give me like a little reprieve because I knew it would end. Um, I think that's like one of the scariest parts of depression and why the suicide rate is what it is. If you've never been depressed, it's hard when you're in the midst of a depression to realize that it's temporary and that there can be an end in it. And I know like not everybody's is hormone related, but um, even when it's not hormone related, there are usually highs and lows and like a reprieve or you can get help. Um, but it feels hopeless and you feel helpless. Um, and so knowing that it was hormone related did give me, um, some like power to at least be like, okay, I just have to get through these couple days. And then once my period starts for me, once my period started, it, it completely went away. Like I felt like a different person. Um, So, turns out, friends, this is called PMDD, which is an endocrine disorder, basically just meaning it's like a hormone disorder, Um, and it stands for premenstrual dysphoric disorder, and it's similar to PMS, and this is what I'm going to say. It's so freaking annoying to me, because society has made PMS a joke, and... um, and, and we do it to ourselves, like, oh, I'm just PMSing, or it's fine, I'm just PMSing. And I was doing the same thing with PMDD, but for me, it was, like, crippling me. I could not function, and I didn't even know what it was until Lexi was, like, a year old, and I went on a walk with a friend, and she was like, oh, that's PMDD, friend. <laughs> like, you should talk to your doctor about that. But again, I knew that we were going to do another transfer, and I was terrified they would put me on the medicine, and that it would impact. <laughs> Here's another thing. Sidebar. You can be on antidepressants and still get pregnant and have children um, in anti-anxiety medicine. And I spent a lot of my life struggling when I didn't have to because I just simply wasn't willing to ask the question. And then I found out, oh no, there's actually medicine that you can take. And there, like, there are ways that you can still feel okay and feel safe in your body and still be able to have a child. So talk to your doctor. And if you aren't comfortable talking to your doctor, find another doctor. There are so many doctors in the world. (laughs) Find one that you feel comfortable with. So I didn't, I didn't get on medicine. I, I had a name for it and I knew that it would start and stop. And I kind of could like plan my life around that, which y'all two weeks a month, that's literally half your life. That is six months a year that you are feeling miserable. And I think we like to downplay things and be like, it's just like a couple weeks before my period is fine. No, but that happens every single month. I was not being able to like live my life, half of my life. And that's not fair to me or anyone around me. That's definitely not fair to Lexi. So I... I couldn't function and I went through another transfer and it failed. 
So then on top of my PMDD depression, I was grieving. And then my husband deployed again. And then he came home and our marriage hit a super duper low. And that was all at the end of 2019. And January 2020 rolled around and I was like, I'm done trying to grow our family because we'd always agreed that we were just going to do one retrieval. And I cannot live like this anymore. I have to get help. So I was like in a TJ Maxx and broke down and called my OBGYN. And I was like, I am not okay. I need anxiety medicine. And she was like, okay, I'm sending it in right now. Um, Side note, we had discussed and she had tried to get me on it before and I was just unwilling to. Um, So she was just basically waiting for the call. I'm going to be like, please help me. It happened in the TJ Maxx aisle. Um, Anyways, so I started taking um, Lexapro and it did help my anxiety like a ton. But y'all, this was... 2020. So I started taking it in January. Shana Oregon, like our ass is off on our marriage. It's real rough. I started, we started seeing therapists. Um, and then the world shut down, right? And then a few months later we moved. And after we moved, I was like, you know, this is helping my anxiety, but my PMDD not helped. Like I am still really struggling. And so when I went to my one year checkup, I talked to my doctor and I was like, something's got to give. I'm not okay. Like, this is the situation. I feel like it's working like half the time, but then the other half of the time, super depressed. And he's like, well, let's try taking a double dose of the Lexapro for the two weeks before your period and see how that works. And for some people, guys, that works. So, okay, let me disclaim that I am not a doctor and I am only talking about my personal experience and I am urging you to see professional care, see a doctor, ask a doctor, talk to a doctor if any of it resonates with you. I'm not saying that what works for me will work for everybody or what didn't work for me won't work for anybody. I am simply saying this is my truth. You are not alone if you're struggling. Ask for help. Um, so, Doubling the dose did not help me. It actually made it way worse. One of the side effects of Lexapro is fatigue. And adding that just wrecked me every month. Like my body couldn't catch up quick enough. So it was actually just like doubling down the depression and the fatigue um, in those two weeks. So that lasted like one month. And I was like, well, we'll not be doing that again. Um, So I'm like, okay, well, I tried it. Again, not doing enough advocating for myself. (laughs) I tried it and it didn't work. And so I guess I just have to deal with this. So I go through the rest of 2021 and like half the time I'm great and the other half of the time I'm struggling and then the beginning of 22 pops up and um Shay starts talking about doing IVF again and so we did another retrieval and I I mean if you guys have been a follower of the podcast for the last year then you know we did a retrieval we had two healthy embryos we transferred one in May and we lost him in June. We transferred our last little girl in October and we lost her in December. So it was a heavy year of grief and I started seeing a therapist and I was still on the Lexapro but the PMDD was kicking my ass. 
Um, grief is already so, so hard and I still am struggling with it. Um, but adding then heavy depression that I can just like count on coming, it's, it's worse. Like I just knew every, you know, every month I knew it was coming. So after the surgery, um, after my second miscarriage last year, I went in for my checkup afterwards and he was just like, how are you? And I was like, I am unwell. <laughs> like, just Once you start talking to a doctor, y'all, it just starts tumbling out, you know? Like, somebody already knows that I'm struggling. So, <laughs> you guys know that, that TikTok that's like, struggling mentally. That's me. Um, so, I just told him, like, I am unwell. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I need to increase my Lexapro. I don't need if I know if I need to change to something different. I don't want to make decisions in this emotional state, but I also know that like I have to take care of myself and I am unwell. And so we talked about it and he was like, you know, if you're done trying to have a kiddo right now, and he's like, and this isn't a forever thing, but if you're done trying to have a kiddo right now, then why don't we try birth control for the PMDD? Like, I know you don't have tubes. I know you're not going to get pregnant. We don't have to start it for that, but it's a hormone-related issue, so why don't we just see if it will work? Like, there are tons of options, and if it doesn't work, then we won't do it, but it's inexpensive, and it could be the answer. And I will stop right here and say that there's, I know, there's, like, a huge push right now to, like, go all natural and get off the hormones, and I'm not saying, again, I am not a doctor. I am not saying that this is the right decision for everybody, and I am not saying that, like, it's a Band-Aid or that it should be used as a Band-Aid because... I think that, you know, doctors are real quick to put, like, 12-year-olds on birth control, and I have had my fair share of hormone and fertility issues, and I'm not saying that's the fix-all, but I am saying at this point I was desperate for anything. So, he put me on Loloestrin, which is, like, the lowest dose of birth control that you can get. It's 10 mics of estrogen, and guys, life-changing. I cannot express to you the difference in my life like I didn't know how bad it was until I didn't feel that way anymore until I could get out of bed easily every single day of the month like just thinking about it right now makes me emotional because it was hard guys like I mean I love a good nap but it was like I couldn't function I could not function I was not myself I couldn't focus those weeks like it was just dragging me down and then you know the two weeks that I did feel good I felt like I had to play catch up and so I was just exhausted all the time and so the fact that something so simple could be an answer for me was just like life-giving so I started the Lolo Estrin and it was amazeballs and the only issue though was I was still having like breakthrough bleeding it wasn't like enough to alter my cycle the right way so then he doubled it guys it still was amazing I freaking loved it loved it did that for January March April three months four months um, the issue with Loloestrin is that it's newish, and so there isn't a generic form of it. So even with my insurance, it was $68 a month. Well, then when we had to double it, it was $136 a month. And I was like, you know, I will literally pay any amount of money to feel good all the time. Like, I'm um, totally. But once we doubled it, I'm like, okay, well, now I'm on 20 mics of um, estrogen. 
So I just asked him, like, is there another option, another birth control option that's 20 mics that, like, maybe doesn't cost $136 a month? <laughs> like, is there just, like, an option? And he's like, oh, yeah, definitely. Good call. So the last this last month, I tried a different um, birth control, and it did not work. It did not work. I definitely had bed days, my sloth days. I It was last week. I was miserable and struggling and... It was so defeating to go from like feeling so good so many months in a row to then being like, ugh, how did I live like this? Like, I can't do this. And so I immediately called him and was like, listen, this is not it. This is this is not it for me. I'm not the one for this. We gotta try something different. I cannot do it. Again, advocate for yourself. If I have learned anything through infertility and my mental health journey, it is that you have to advocate for yourself. He would never know if I didn't tell him like, hey, this isn't working. And there are hundreds of kinds of birth control. And honestly, we're trying something different. And if that doesn't work, I will go back to paying $136 a month if that's what I have to do. Like I would literally rather eat ramen noodles and not be depressed half my life than, you know, just deal with it. I, I just won't. I will not accept that as my life. So I am here to tell you guys that you have to advocate for yourself, but also PMDD is a thing. And don't just like downplay it. If you are truly struggling every single month because of your cycle, go to your doctor. That's not normal. And I think we just normalize it. It's like, it's the same thing as miscarriage. We just are like, oh, it happens to everybody. It's fine. If I'm not, if I'm struggling, then I must be weak. Um, no, false, false. Okay. And you know, probably part of it is food related or, you know, like there's hormones in a food. I don't know. People have their opinions. Listen, I don't care. Bottom line is I just want to be okay. I want to feel good and I deserve to feel good and I will do whatever I have to do to feel good and everyone should do the same. <laughs> Listen to me. Do what I say. Anyways, I want to be the one that says, hey, it's absolutely okay. Who cares if right now the push is to get off birth control? Listen, it changed my freaking life. So if you need the permission, if you need somebody else to be like, hey, I'm doing it too. I'm that girl. If you are having panic attacks or waking up in the middle of the night or your heart is racing or you're sweating profusely all the time or you can't go in public or whatever it is for you, go to the doctor and get on anxiety medicine. Y'all, life's too short to feel like shit, okay? I need to put that on a coffee cup. Life is too short to feel like shit. Don't do that to yourself. You're the only person that can advocate for you. So take as good of care as you of yourself as you would the people you love. All right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Um, so I also wanted to share something that happened um, when I was also, okay, real quick, I, would, I do want to say that PMDD isn't only depression. So for some people, it's extreme anxiety. For some people, it's like severe irritability. If you think there's even a chance that you have PMDD, just ask your doctor. Like what? It won't hurt anything. Trust me. I'd be reading these crazy stories on Instagram about people going in with like, cucumbers stuck inside themselves like doctors see a lot of weird shit they're not gonna care if you ask about a hormone deficiency okay <laughs> they're gonna be like oh good a normal one okay <laughs> like, they just aren't gonna care they're not gonna judge you they aren't gonna care just show up and ask the question hey i'm struggling the week before my period it's more severe than just like your typical pms i need help and they'll be like 
thank you for asking. That's my job. Let me help you with that. Um, and then shoot me a message and I'll be like, hell yes, I'm so proud of you. Girl gang. Um, so while I was struggling last week though, I, um, posted about it on Instagram because you know, that's my jam. I'm going to like share when I'm having a hard time because I don't want people to feel alone. And, I was having a hard time and I just said like hey it's been a really freaking rough day this is what I did to try to deal with it and um I got a message that was like really impactful and I wanted to share with you guys okay so my friend said you are not alone I am struggling today too I'm beginning to think my medication needs to be upped a little and that the blanket of darkness is lying in wait My busyness is not fooling my head as I hoped it would distract. Today, I feel easily replaceable and unloved. Tomorrow is a new day. You are not alone. Okay, let me tell you, like, let me just break this down. This was so freaking powerful to me. Today, I feel easily replaceable and unloved. And that is powerful because she did not say, I am easily replaceable and I loved she could step away from it enough to say today and no hey tomorrow could be completely different I like these are the things when you're really struggling that can be incredibly impactful and it's so important to remember that like a feeling is not truth so today I feel easily replaceable and unloved but that's not truth she did not accept that as truth that is how she was feeling but that is not reality. And depression and anxiety love to make us second guess ourselves and love to put these like feelings of unworthiness in our minds. And I just thought it was so freaking powerful that she had the ability, even in that really difficult day, to say, that's only today and it's only a feeling and tomorrow is a new day. So that is what I wanna leave you with. Tomorrow's a new day. If you're in it, if you are struggling, tomorrow is a new day. Separate the feeling from the truth. And I am here to tell you the truth is you are worthy and you are loved and you are not replaceable. Okay, love you. Thank you. I know you could choose anyone to listen to and I appreciate that you chose me. If this podcast made you laugh, hit you in the feels, or inspired you to live your best life, please do me a favor and share it. Take a quick screenshot, share it on social, and tag me. I'd love to give you a heartfelt thank you and start building a bestie community in real life. Cannot wait for more Girl Talk. Chat soon.